Lord Jesus, we want to pause for just a moment and ask that you will clear our minds, calm our hearts, and open our ears so that we might truly hear your word to us this day. For you are a good God and you can be trusted. And for that, we are so grateful. For it is in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. I've noticed that barely a single day goes by that the newspapers or the news on the TV doesn't tell us something about the economy. I've also noticed that to sell more newspapers and to get people to watch particular shows, they've promised to tell us what we can do to survive these difficult times. I noticed an interesting article on dressing for success, guaranteed if you follow these ideas to get the job you've always wanted, the love that you've never had, the house that you've longed for, just about anything in the world was going to come to you if you would dress the way they told you to. Now I admit that there are some things that are helpful and some not. From the beginning of time, clothes have been very important, or even the lack of them has been important. They've often measured status, wealth, and success. But I want to suggest to you that things have changed throughout the generations. What was once accepted as appropriate attire changes almost annually. Let's have a look. Cute, hmm? Can you imagine having to wear all of that all the time? Oh. How did he get in there? Oh. Son, daughter, and grandson. I love preaching. See what I'm allowed to do? Dressed for success, look at that tie. If I recall, it was Christmas and it actually went on and off with colored lights. <laughs> oh, now there's someone that looks like he knows where he's going. <laughs> Definitely things change, but there is one thing that doesn't change, and that's God's word to us. Today we heard about how God is going to help us be protected from all the things that surround us that would make it difficult for us to be the people God wanted us to be. So in a little while I'm going to tell you what God tells us to do and to put on so that we can be successful. You'll recall that for the last two and a half months we have been studying the book of Ephesians this is our final sermon on it. I get to conclude with that final passage as well as to sum up what we've been talking about. Now, I thought, you know, this is really going to be easy. I'm just going to read each one of those sermons, pick a quote, put it down, and share it with you, and there you go. There's my sermon. You know, and actually what I found that the parts of the sermons, and I did reread them, that jumped out at me were the very ones 
that I most needed to hear. The ones, the ideas, the words that just resonated with my soul. I most need to hear what God brought out of those sermons. You know, that seems to be the way that I hear from God. God will bring things into my consciousness and I'll go, oh, all right, God, I'm listening. I hear the God of the universe speak to me that way. So here we are with our last look at the book of Ephesians. In Ephesians, Paul never tires of repeating this truth, and we just sang it so wonderfully. A mighty fortress is our God. The true God is Father of the Lord Jesus. God made the world, and God has made himself known in the Lord Jesus. Those are the facts for Paul. Nothing changes those for him. As far as Paul is concerned, any picture of God which doesn't have Jesus in the middle is false. Paul writes to encourage and to strengthen us for living out God's plan and God's purpose for each one of us. And you know, the good news is no one is excluded from God's plan. No one is excluded from God's plan. God's plan to fulfill God's larger purpose, the rescue of the world. To quote my favorite senior pastor, how cool is that? <laughs> Jesus has as his hands and his feet his agents within the present world called the church. Look around, that's us. How does it feel to be called the agent of God to fulfill his purposes? We are Christ's body. So many things in Ephesians just say it like it is. We are the hands and feet of Jesus. How does that feel when you hear that? Do you get a sense inside you that you have great significance? That you matter to God? And God imagines more from you and for you than you can even begin to think. You know, I've never had a dying person say they wished they had worked more. They always say, I wish I had loved more. I wish I had mattered more. I want to be significant. The book of Ephesians, every verse is woven through and through with the story of what God has done in Jesus Christ, the Messiah. He gives us a bird's eye view of God's divine plan of salvation for us, for us. In that book, we hear what God plans for us. I love the book of Ephesians. It's one of my favorites, although I've learned that when I study a book, it becomes one of my favorites because I think God speaks to me in it. It has been called the greatest and the most relevant of all of Paul's works. In it, he sketches a beautiful picture of the reconciling work of God in Christ Jesus through that cross. I've always had this secret wish that I could receive a personal handwritten note from God. You know, go out to the mailbox, open it up, pull out this letter, and it says, sent from heaven. 
just for me. It would say something like, Dana, you are my beloved daughter. You are precious to me, and I love you. You know, it would go on to tell me not to worry about the future, not to worry about, not to worry about. The list would be long. And then it says, love for all eternity, God, your Father. And then as I was reading Ephesians once again, I realized it along with the entire Bible are my personal letters from God. Abundantly more than I could have asked for, I was going to settle for one letter in the mailbox, and yet I have a Bible full of them. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Last week, I was sorting through some boxes, mostly things from my parents' home. I had not looked at these boxes for many, many, many years. I won't tell you how long it's been. But suddenly, I came across my mother's German Bible, and I noticed that there was a piece of paper in it. I don't remember when I last saw that book, and I took it out, and it was a letter to me from my mother. It said, Dana, remember, I love you. You are a wonderful daughter and mother. What a gift in my mother's own handwriting. Was that a coincidence? I don't think so. It was just what I needed. It's been a time of some nostalgia for me and thinking a lot about my parents. I'm not sure why. Maybe it's I'm getting older and I remember the age that they were when they no longer were with me on this earth. So in thinking about my mom, there was this letter. That's the way the book of Ephesians is. It's giving a love letter, and you are beloved to the God who created you message, verse to verse to verse. From Paul's greeting to the saints in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Through his prayers, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And then we hear his final blessing, peace to the brothers and sisters, and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. That's God's letter to you. Isn't it wonderful? We know beyond any doubt we are God's beloved sons and we are God's beloved daughters. Who wouldn't want to receive such a letter? I want to encourage you to read the sermon series again or watch it on the podcast. It's good stuff. And the second time through, you're going to hear things that God didn't reveal to you for the first time, but you're going to be glad you got them the second time through. It was that way for me. Oh, I needed to hear again, I don't serve God the church so God will love me. I serve in grateful response for God's love for me through Jesus Christ. 
What a great message. When work seems overwhelming and I get cranky, believe it or not, I find my sacrificial giving feels more like I'm the one being sacrificed. I've got to stop and remember all I do is in response to God. It is always God who takes the initiative. When we get that, when we really get that, we then have the power that Paul talks about. Now to what Paul has given us so that we can do all the tasks that Paul lays out for us in the book of Ephesians. And if you remember, the assignments are many. There's a lot he wants us to do, but he also gives us what we need to do them. It's one of the great things about God's gift to us. When God calls us to do something for him, he always, always gives us the ability to do it and to do it well. So let's look at what it means to put on the full armor of God. Now, in the scriptures, it talks about different pieces of fighting equipment that Paul wants them to wear. It's what they're familiar with, the image of the soldiers who are ready for battle. Truth, word of God, faith, prayer, service. What interesting words to use. Now, Paul talked about a shield and a helmet, a belt around the waist, all kinds of things that would be protection if they were in battle. But think about the words that Paul uses in his letter. Grace, mercy, forgiving, humility, gentleness, comforting, encouraging, always present, powerful, all-knowing, light in the darkness. Those are words of love. And I think what Paul is saying to us, when you wear those words, when you put those words on, then you have all the power that God used to raise Jesus from the dead, and it dwells within us. unimaginable. That's the theme of what we've been talking about. God is able to do more than we can even imagine. Are you feeling joyless or hopeless, fearful, envious, lonely, grief-stricken, alienated from a loved one, lost in sin? God will meet you there. That's God's promise. You have within you through Jesus Christ, what you need to be able to survive in a sometimes difficult world. That's God's truth. Not the kind of truth we find on a driver's license. Do you know what I mean? I just recently had to renew my driver's license. You know, where it asks you your weight and your height and color of hair and color of eyes. I must admit, it went through my mind, let's see, has anything changed since I was 16 and first filled this out? <laughs> that would not be the kind of truth that Paul is talking about. God's truth. God created us. God loves us. God knows us inside out, intimately, the good, the bad, and the ugly. 
And knowing us that well, the psalmist tells us, God gave us the gift of Jesus Christ. In him, we have our salvation. In him, we have our success. It's for each one of us. Can we succeed? I think we already do. Can we do even better? Absolutely. But you might ask, how? And I want to remind you once again, God is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is in us, within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. It's unimaginable. It is unimaginable. It is unimaginable, and it's God's promise to us. Loving Lord, it's almost overwhelming to think that you would love us so much that you would prepare us for this life and the life to come. Thank you, God, for that gift. We accept it. Help us to grow into it. Help us to know your truth and to be able to trust you with this moment with our past and with our future. For it is in Jesus' precious name that we pray. Amen.